With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Even my pet polar bear is cold. Two games in the NHL tonight, both original six matchups. Rangers lead the Bruins 1-0 early in the second period, and it is the Canadians leading the Leafs 1-0 with just over six minutes to go in the first. Josh Anderson, his ninth of the season. What an addition he's turned out to be for the Canadians. They are out shooting Toronto 7-2. We'll keep you updated on those two games throughout the course of the show. The Oilers... We'll play Montreal tomorrow. Of course, we have it for you on 6.30, Chad. The face-off show will commence at 3.30, and the game will begin at 5. Final game of the Oilers' four-game road trip. 2-1 and one so far after a couple of wins over the Ottawa Senators. Last night, oh, man, did they ever hang on for that one. Ottawa outshooting the Oilers 30-10 over the final two periods. Huge bounce-back game for Miko Koskinen, who... Quite frankly, it was severely out goaltended by Jacob Markstrom of the Calgary Flames on Saturday night. Calgary won the game 6-4. Koskinen last night let in the first one, only let in one after that. He stopped 40 of 42 to get the Oilers the victory, so they go up to 8-7 and seven on the season. So, <clears throat> it's interesting. Um, with the the Ottawa Senators being a very poor hockey club, and you know I've I've heard the feedback. Well, okay, Edmonton's doing great, but it's it's only Ottawa. Well, they got, they won four of their last five or whatever they're up to now. Well, but they're they're only beating Ottawa. Fair comment. Ottawa's not doing well, but the thing is, everybody's beating Ottawa. So you better beat Ottawa. In fact. Edmonton 4-0 against Ottawa, Vancouver 3-0, Montreal 1-1, Toronto 1-1. Winnipeg hasn't lost in regulation time to Ottawa. The only team who hasn't played the Ottawa Senators is the Calgary Flames, who got a win last night over the Jets with a late power play goal. So we were talking a couple of weeks ago about the Oilers having these games in Ottawa in the bank. you got to win them. Credit to the Oilers, they went out and they won them. And yes, maybe they should have lost last night, but they still got the victory. So the, the, the win is the win. So now we're talking about who has possible points in the bank by playing the Ottawa Senators. Well, it's the Calgary Flames. They have not played them at all. And now the Oilers all of a sudden have gone from not playing Ottawa to having played the most games against them. Anyway, if, if the Oilers start doing better against everybody else, you know, then, uh, then they're going to put the points in the bank either way. Big test tomorrow against the Canadians. They were here for games three and four of the Oilers' season right at the start, and the Canadians crushed them 5-1. The next game, the Oilers did better. They were in the game, but ultimately couldn't score on the power play. That, that was that 0-7 power play game, and plus they allowed a shorthanded goal, and they lost 3-1. So anyway, that's how it's uh, shaping up right now. Into Montreal they go, and Dave Tippett, 1,200 games now coached in the National Hockey League. He played before then. A lot of memories of playing in Montreal. Uh, there's lots of, you know, in the old uh, 
the old forum was uh, really unbelievable place to play and uh, the history of that. Uh, lots as a player when I played in Hartford, playing in this division, it uh, uh, you know just just great memories. I had one. I think it was the first or second time I played in Montreal. We were playing a Saturday night. It was hockey night in Canada, and we came up. and I remember I came over to the rink early for morning skate, and I was out there just kind of looking at the ice. And Guy Lafleur came on before Montreal practiced. And he was practicing one-timers where he used to shoot it from the power play in the offside. Just And he had a pail of pucks out there and just hammering them. Every puck was right underneath the crossbar. And I'm standing there thinking, i got to go out there and block that one of these times tonight as a penalty killer. And the first time they get a power play, he comes out and he gets a one-timer. I come out to block it and he hit me right in the toe. And I remember saying to him, I just watched you this morning shoot 50 pucks, run it right underneath the crossbar, and then I come out to block it, you hit me in the toe. That's the first one I saw you hit low. I'll hit me right in the toe and broke my toe cap in my skate. So there's some great memories here. Some of the playoff series in Montreal were, were great memories and uh, uh, some tough memories, but some some great atmosphere and games and that. So it's, uh, it's certainly a hockey city, the tradition here and the and the love for the game and the passion for the game makes it uh, great games here all the time. Good Guy Lafleur story there from Dave Tippett, the head coach of your Edmonton Oilers, as they get set to play them tomorrow night. I think a positive for the Oilers recently has been they've been getting a little more contribution from depth players. Tyler Ennis got inserted into the lineup on Monday, got the game-winning goal. Jujar Kara, I thought, has played three pretty strong games in a row. He scored against Calgary on Saturday, had two assists last night, seems to be a little bit more involved in the action, so that is good. And I want to talk about one player tonight, and there have been a lot of players moving in and out of the lineup this season, and the, the Oilers have the taxi squad. Every NHL team has the taxi squad, so extra players around often practicing with the guys on the roster or maybe doing their, their own thing. Uh, if there's an optional skate, they're going to go out there and practice and stay sharp. So Tippett has said, I want to reward the practice, uh, the, 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 the taxi squad players who are working hard in practice and doing well in their three-on-three drills or whatever the case may is. He gave Patrick Russell a game. You know, he said Ennis deserved to come back in. He, he said he doesn't want guys sitting for too long. So only seven forwards. I mean, we're, only, we're just 15 games into the season. And there are only seven forwards who have played all 15 games for the Oilers. Uh, obviously, you know, the star players, easy to identify. Kyle Turris has played all of them. And Josh Archibald is the other. And R- Rob Brown talks about Josh, uh, Josh Archibald. And even though he often lines up in the bottom six, and that's where all the changes have been, Rob has always said, you're not taking Archibald out because you know what you are going to get from Archibald. He's a consistent player. You can ask him to do a few different things. If you need him to move up in the lineup, he's got enough hockey sense to play with the skilled players, and he's got enough determination and willpower to play in the bottom six and kill penalties. And I asked Dave Tippett about Archibald's value this morning. He just does a lot of things right. You look at the structure he plays with, he he, he plays with as a real smart player, he's willing to sacrifice his body blocking shots or getting in lanes or finishing checks and um, position that he's really sound. So he's just a guy you throw out in certain situations, you trust his play, and, um, you know, he gives you maximum effort every night. 
Yeah, what a coach is like. They want to trust players and they want maximum effort. Uh, I mean, sure, they obviously like players who can go out and score and do a lot of highlight reel things. But that's how Archibald has been able to earn a spot in the NHL, not by being a star player, not by being a highlight reel guy, by understanding he needs to be trusted and he needs to be versatile and he needs to provide maximum effort. And I've appreciated that watching Archibald here now into his second season with the Oilers. Three goals, okay, two of them are empty netters. But why are they empty netters? Because the coach trusts to put trusts them to put about on the ice with a lead late in the game. So that is to his credit. Also, Archibald can play either wing. Another little thing he's been able to do to find a way to stay in the lineup, he can line up on the left side. And Archibald commented on his versatility. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if you just go out, do what you're asked. Um, you know, you, you give it your all, shift to shift. Uh, coach is going to reward you. And, you know, I've been put in some situations um, that's helped me be successful. And whether it's, you know, it's first line or fourth line or anywhere in between or on the penalty kill, you know, I just got to continue to play the way that I play and, you know, bring the intensity. And uh, I think that's helped me a lot so far this year. And if you remember the game on Monday, Archibald appeared to be quite uncomfortable. He was covering the point, slap shot hit him in the hand, and you could tell he reacted right away. Came in and hit him on the palm of the right hand, and he reacted right away and went to the bench and you know i think it got looked at but he was he was right back into the game and uh, i enjoyed this comment tomorrow when archibald was asked how his hand was doing after blocking that shot oh i still got both of them so we're still good <laughs> there it is <laughs> the hand is still connected to his arm the arm is still connected to his shoulder which is still connected to, I sound like that kid's song, the hip bones connected to the knee bone, to the ankle bone, or whatever it is. Maybe you can find a recording of that, Kellen. But that's a great hockey player answer. The hand didn't get knocked off, so I can play, and I'm not talking about it. That's a little bit from Josh Archibald. Okay, it is 6.15. If you would like to chime in tonight, the number, 780-496-0063. You can follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yes, and if you would like to email the show, it is insidesports at 630ched.com. Back after the break. The foot bone's connected to the leg bone. The leg bone's connected to the knee bone. The knee bone's connected to the thigh bone. Doing the skeleton dance. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. The thigh bone's connected to the hip bone. The hip bone's connected to the backbone. There's going to be a test at the end of the show. To the neck bone. Or just facts be a drawing of a skeleton. That's what I was thinking of when I was talking about Josh Archibald saying that his hand is still connected to his arm, so he's fine after blocking that shot the other night. Kellen, thanks for digging that up. I assume that's on vinyl in Halsey's office. Uh, Yeah, it's one of the deep cuts in the back of of Halsey's office. I had no idea that that song actually had a title, and it was called The Skeleton Dance, so there we go. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I just thought 
well, I never thought anything. I just knew it knew it existed. Probably multiple versions of that. I think Metallica needs to record a version of that. Oh, for Thanks sure. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 21 after 6 inside sports on Oilers and Double E Radio. 6.30, Chad. The Canadians and the Leafs now through the first period. Still one nothing for Montreal. The Raptors in action tonight. High-scoring game. The third quarter is only a minute old. Raptors up 76-63 on the Wizards. The uh, Wizards, perhaps one of the most mocked team names in professional sports they used to be called the washington bullets if you're old enough to remember that and then because of the connotation of gun violence it was changed to the wizards and of course we're going through a name change here in our fine city double e football team looking for a new name they are sticking with an e name they have put out seven I guess I'll call them finalists, though I do want to remind everybody, and you can go to esks.com and rank them if you want. I, I went on the website yesterday and did my ranking, and I, I'll, I'll tell you which one I think is the best of the bunch because it's one of the ones I thought was the best of the bunch anyway, even before I, I saw this list. Um, but you can go on and uh, and you can rank them. And then eventually we're going to get a name probably, I don't know, six, six to eight weeks or around then I, w- I would think they'll actually unveil the name. Now, it's not total fan voting. It's it, it's not going to be it's whichever name is first isn't going to be the name of the team. They're still going to decide, but they're going through this process of, of feedback about it. You, you, maybe you've seen the list by now, but I'll, I'll go through here. Uh, Evergreens is on there. All right. Doesn't do much for me. I guess we have evergreen trees. I don't know what you do for additional marketing and uh, secondary logos and uh, sporty or sort of not necessarily aggressive imagery, but interesting imagery or, um, you know, something that looks like it's going to go, I mean, like a growling tree. I don't know. Maybe the tree could be holding a chainsaw. That would be the twist. I'm not sure. Eagles. Here's the thing. I think Eagles is a really good name for a sports team. I also think it's a really bad name for a team in the Canadian Football League because there's a team in the National Football League called Eagles. I know Philadelphia is a long way away. I still don't want any crossover. When I say the Eagles are playing, I'm I'm talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I don't think we need that same name. I, I, again, I think Eagles is a, is a great name for a team. If you had, you know, a little the kids hockey team or, or whatever, okay, fine, be the Eagles. I don't think it works in this city. Elkhounds, the Elkhound is a Norwegian dog. I I double-checked. I I do like the possibility of having other slogans like release the hounds or dog-related stuff, Um, but I I don't know. To me, it's a little bit of an awkward-sounding name. Eclipse, if they were going to go off the map on this list of, of the ones that are a little more surprising... I might go with Eclipse, but but again, okay. So it's something that covers the moon or the sun. What like what do you do with that? I guess you could have a football eclipsing something. I don't know. Evergolds just to me just sounds weird. Elements I don't I don't get at all. I guess we you could have weather thing. You got to brave the elements. Maybe that's okay. Elk is on the list. That's, that was my first choice on this list, and that would have been in my top three from other names we discussed. We had somebody on the show a few months ago talking about elk, what they're like as animals, their behavior, would it make a good sports name, all those kind of things, and, and that interview kind of elevated it on the list for me. 
for for people concerned about well you know like i i i get the argument say, well why are we changing the name from eskimos it, it's history well if you like history elk is the name elk was around even before eskimos was so that's that's a callback to you know original sports teams in this city uh i think you can do st- imagery with the antlers and i think you obviously you know, and i looked this up yesterday a bunch of elk, like a, an elk in a group is called a gang of elk, which I thought was interesting. So maybe you have join the hang, join the gang, or maybe they just go with herd because that's what a lot of people say about those types of animals. Anyway, it does, it really, I, I, I got an email from somebody who was quite upset that it was elk, not elks. I don't really, I don't really care. And it, from the research I've done, the more common plural that's used is actually elk, not elks. And I find elk less awkward to say than elks. So that's my choice. I was surprised this was the list of seven because I just know from talking to people and feedback I've received on this show over the last few months, there's three or four names that were on this list of seven that I had never heard of before. I was pushing for express. A lot of people suggested energy neither one made this list of seven and that really surprised me so anyway i'm fine if it's elk i just want there to be a new name so i can start calling them that and we all get used to it kelly rudy's coming up in the next half hour of the show heard me mention this before i love that guitar intro ccr good band very hairy thanks a lot for tuning in tonight oilers canadians tomorrow 3 30 in the afternoon for the face-off show the game will start at five and then the oilers don't play again until monday kind of a, a four games and six night stretch sandwiched between a couple of three-day breaks then they'll be back at it on monday at home against the winnipeg jets 780-496-0063 is how you can get in touch we'll have kelly rudy coming up here in a few minutes some text coming in i was talking about the final seven for the double E football team looking for a new name. I, I like elk best. And look, I, I do think if this is the list they put out, they got to be leaning towards elk. I, like maybe they're thinking they have some marketing or imagery in mind that I can't think of. I, I don't really have inside any, any inside information, except I know that. Well, I do have a little bit of inside information. And I think I shared this before that like I knew a while ago that they weren't going to rule out Eagles just because of Philadelphia and I also got the indication that they could that they might do something with Golden Eagles, but it turned out just Eagles is on the list. So I mean, look, maybe there's something with elements that I can't think of that would be the most incredible imagery or marketing slogan or exciting thing ever. I'm not a marketing guy. I will. I also will tell you this. I, I do have a friend who works um, in sports marketing and has done some stuff with the CFL in the past and has been in part of some major events that have been held here in Edmonton. And she said to me, she actually said. And, and, and some of you have told this to me along the way that they should, they should have just did, done to start it over. Like, don't worry about the EE. Don't worry about the green and gold covers colors. Redo it. Totally re- rebrand. We're just picking the best name, the best colors. We're not going to worry about what we've been for the past 70 years that they're just going to go for it. And she, and she works in marketing and I'm sure there would have been a lot of pushback and, 
upset people about that. And quite frankly, I probably would have been one of them. Like that would have been hard for me to let go of the team name and the logo and the colors that I've, that I've gotten really used to and supported over the years. But that's what she said that, and and maybe finances play a part in this. I mean, the CFL is not a, a big money league. And plus, oh, by the way, they just didn't have a season where they, you know, they just had a year where they made no money at all. So maybe that's difficult to say we are, we're scrapping everything and we're going to roll out an entirely new brand and an entirely new look. Maybe that would have been better just that this is so unexpected, you know, or they could have just done something where we have no idea what it's going to be. I mean, we know that they're keeping the EE logo. It could be modified. Uh, you know, it could look different. If it's elk, maybe it ha- it's the EE logo with elk antlers coming out of it, or maybe there's antlers on the helmet and the EE is a secondary logo. I don't know. Um, but imagine if we were sitting here on February 10th with an announcement coming in late March or early April, and we had no idea what the colors are going to be and no idea what the first letter of the name was going to be. And no, I, no, I, no idea, um, you know, what the logo is going to be. Would that be more exciting, less exciting? Would you be, would it be make it easier or harder for you to have, to have, you know, moved on from the old name? I don't know. Just something to consider. Uh, Sean writes in, he says, I entered Eclipse about one minute into the contest. So Sean's suggestion in the final seven. Andrew D says, how is there not energy on the list? Edmonton energy. But Andrew says elk hounds is growing on me. Andrew D. I believe the D stands for dashing. Andrew, you'll correct me if I'm wrong. Robbie says, hey, Reed, I texted you my elk hounds idea a while back for the football team and you read it on air. Well, guess what? It's in the final seven names. Go elk hounds. If elk hounds gets chosen, I'll buy you a case of canned ham. You must be running out. Very thoughtful of you. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Robbie, I don't, I don't remember your text, but I, I totally trust you that you did. By the way, we're not having anybody texting in today that they nailed the score in the Super Bowl because I don't think anyone got 31-9. Kevin in Fort McMurray, thank you for listening in Fort McMurray, Kevin. He says, I think Edge should be the name. Not sure how that didn't make the final list. It could also be represented as energy, diversity, growth, equality, or something along those lines. See, that's good. I like when someone puts a little thought into it. They're not just picking a name randomly. And the agreeable beaver says if the CFL needs to attract more fans and new fans, they should rename teams using D&D creatures. I'm going to assume D&D stands for Dungeons and Dragons. Do kids still play Dungeons and Dragons? Are the kids still into that, Kellen? Is that still something the uh, the younger generation does? or I, like, is, I mean, Would that attract kids to team? Uh, I can speak as a millennial. We're still into D&D. Uh, I don't know about the, you know, the groups t- coming up behind us or anything. Okay. But. <laughs> Here's, I, I want to ask about something else, uh, and we're going to bring in Kelly Rudy after the break. Here. Okay, go ahead. Kelly. I'm not, I won't ask Kelly about this, but I want to ask the people listening. 780-496-0063, and I'll, I'll circle back to it later in the show because we do have some guests coming up. It's, it's the off-topic topic for tonight. We haven't had one in a while. Do, do you play or know anybody who played? I know you're listening to a sports show, but I hope you have other interests other than just listening to inside sports. That would actually be really weird if your whole life revolved around inside sports, though in an odd way I would appreciate it. Do you or anybody you know play Magic the Gathering, this card game? I have never played it. I know what it is. I thought it was something that was popular like 
10 to 20 years ago, but uh, I, I sometimes find myself at uh, a little comic shop uh, up 97th Street called Warp 2. It's where I pick up my uh, Spidey stuff and the odd game. And I've been like in a long line of people who were lined up to get me- the latest Magic the Gathering card set that they had pre-ordered to make sure they got it on the first day it came out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Does this ring a bell with anybody? I, I, I seriously want to know. We'll take a quick time out. Kelly Rudy's coming up. minutes into the second period Montreal leading Toronto one nothing Oilers visit the Canadians tomorrow he joins us every week here on Inside Sports powered by Sentinel Storage shop Canadian store Canadian try four weeks free visit sentinelstorage.ca former NHL goaltender now broadcaster Kelly Rudy Kelly welcome back to the show how are you doing I think I'm like everybody in Alberta uh Reed I'm freezing it's yeah. it's so darn cold I did the Flames game last night Got out of the arena ballpark around 11, and uh, my gosh, was, my truck was frozen. I, <laughs> I had square wheels, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, it's 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 nice. Uh, I, I've been hosting the road games from, from home where I'm talking to you right now, so it was nice after these last couple of games. Don't have to start the car. Just My commute is right? just walking downstairs to the kitchen, so that's, that's, that's okay. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I got I to gotta pass something along here i was talking to a a good friend this afternoon and he said what's on your show tonight i said oh kelly rudy's on the show and his his reply was can you ask him how many bandanas he still has (laughs) (laughs) okay well there is a story there reed so uh i i was under the assumption that the day i retired like fully announced my uh my retirement back in 1998 i was so sick of the bandana that I went in my hockey bag, and I thought I threw them all away. And uh, much to my surprise, I have a couple of storage units here in Calgary with uh, all my old equipment and sticks and all this stuff. And I was going through it a couple of years ago, and much to su- my surprise, in one of my shaving kits, I found like five or six of them. So there's five or six original uh, baby blue bandanas still in existence in my storage unit. And, and then I was thinking... Man, was I stupid. I should have kept all those because there must have been like some small monetary value. Not that I'm interested in selling my bandanas, but, you know, maybe somebody might be interested in those. I know I'm surely not. Well, it's amazing what people will buy and collect if they have a chance and they're big enough fans. So, yeah, maybe hang on to them. Let them them ripen a little more. (laughs) Oh, they're ripe. Trust me. (laughs) Hey, uh, you know, Brian Burke has been uh, a colleague uh, on the airwaves for you for for a while, and he's jumping back into hockey with the Pittsburgh Penguins, which I think was, you know, fairly surprising to a lot of people. Tell us about, tell us a little bit about working with Brian Burke over the years and maybe getting to know him behind the scenes. 
Well, he has that gruff uh, appearance, right? But I, I'm going to share a story with you, Reed, from many, many years ago when Brian was still the general manager uh, in Vancouver. And I would be traveling to Vancouver often on Saturday nights to broadcast. And I got wind of a story. Um, I don't know if you remember a player by the name of Gary Lupel. He's just, he was a couple of years older than I was. He was a fantastic junior. He played for the Victoria Cougars. That's when I first uh, saw him and played against him. And he ended up having a, a really good NHL career, considering that Gary wasn't a very big guy. I think he was listed at 5'9 or 5'10, but he was tough as nails and really skilled. And he, when he played, was one of the most popular Canucks because of the way he played and his size and so on. Anyways, after his uh, playing career, Gary had fallen on some tough times. And uh, the Canucks organization, including Brian, he was a big part of it, and uh, Ron DeLorme, uh, one of their chief scouts for the longest time, uh, everybody went to great length to help Gary and uh, get him clean again. And uh, it was a really great success story. Gary was doing a whole lot better. I'd see him on most Saturdays. And uh, uh, they started out, I think, as a video coach for a little bit. Uh, but he... Could, didn't trust himself yet to go on the road to do some scouting and so on. Uh, anyways, after a few years, he was just doing so well. It was such a treat to see him and uh, became a friend of his. And uh, I, so I was telling the story one night on the air about how great Brian Burke was with helping Gary get back on track and Ron DeLorme and the organization. And unfortunately, the story ends. Gary, uh, during the summer, he went, I think, to visit his parents. He's from Powell River. and unfortunately at 48 just died of a heart attack so it was it was so sad but i wanted to share the story about how compassionate brian burke is and most people don't see that so i told it on i thought beautifully on saturday night i think my behind the mask segment and uh, i get home the next day and i see brian's calling my cell and i'm thinking oh surely he's gonna thank me for sharing how compassionate he is and so on and i i can't tell you all the language he said but he said something like hey don't ever do that again and i'm like what do you mean and he goes don't ever don't ever tell people i'm a nice guy i've worked hard at this image so <laughs> that's my story with brian that uh, you know and and furthermore i I'm, you know i've gone fishing with him to Haida Gwaii. there's a fantastic lodge up there called uh, langara lodge and it's, i think uh, brian might say one of the most beautiful places he's ever gone to and he loves fishing and he's a real avid fisherman i've gone about four or five times i think with brian and some other nhl executives and uh, it's just a great place you see brian truly in his element and uh, he calls it a brain scrub so he gets away from the world and so what you see on television i think is Kind of like Brian, but if you really know him, he's he's a, a lot different than that, in my opinion. And and he can even laugh from time to time, which might surprise some people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to hear. And he, you know, he's been coming on uh, Stoffer's show for the last couple of years and very popular guests. Yeah. So we're going to miss him there on 630 Chet for sure. Right. The Oilers have been able to push above 500. They they took care of uh, Ottawa. Really good game by Miko Koskinen last night. And yeah. Mike Smith came in the previous game and didn't get beat on a shot that a senator took. Adam Larson scored on him by accident yeah. in the second period. We saw this tandem last year. We saw it work for the most part during the regular season. A lot of time has passed since then. What do you think? Can this tandem work? You know, can Smith still do it at 38, coming up 39? 
Will the extra time between games theoretically help Koskinen? How do you look at the tandem plan? Yeah, I'll answer the last question first. Yeah, I think the help definitely will, or the rest will help Koskinen. I, I think one thing that became clear to me watching him uh, here in the early part of the season without uh, Mike Smith around, that he, he's got a lot of try to his game. He cares, right? And I think sometimes when you care that much and you're all alone like that and it's not going well, you worry about it and it affects your play negatively. And I, I think the help with Mike Smith uh, will be beneficial to both of them, but Koskinen, because it's it can be kind of like a sigh of relief, like, whew, uh, it's not all the burden's not on me right now. I, I don't know how long Mike Smith can perform at that great level. You know, he's played the one game, but I think we saw it also last year before the pandemic struck that there was, I think it was the December of 2019 where he, I thought he really struggled, and then he got it back. And uh, so my hopeful answer is yes, this pair can do it. But uh, you're also, you're, you're in a division with a lot of really great goalies, right? Like some of the best goalies in the league are in the Scotia North Division. So it could be up to uh, those two to, to do it together. And, you know, one thing about a goalie, uh, especially a guy like Mike Smith, never underestimate the value of uh, uh, the emotional level he gets to when he plays. Well, he definitely has that. And Rob and I talk about all the time. A lot of goalies these days, you, you say the quieter they are in net, the better yeah. they're playing. They're not flopping around. They're very efficient in their movements. With Smith's, it's the opposite. Like, if he looks like he's breakdancing, you're like, well, he's probably having a good yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's exactly right. Some guys are quiet, and other guys, uh, they expend a lot more energy, and it looks a lot harder, although that's just their style. I'll give you a prime example. Uh, before Jonathan Quick won his two Stanley Cups, people were saying, oh, he's too active and, you know, he's got to quieten his game down. And no, he, you know, that's how he played, right? He's he's all over. He's a really powerful goalie. He pushes, uh, uses his edge, edges really well, but uh, a lot different from some other guys. It looks a lot different than a guy that is quiet, like Carey Price. But to me, there's no right or wrong answer. I'm watching Markstrom here in Calgary, and he's very active and, and, and still very successful. So, uh, I think that that comment, um, I do like it from time to time, a, a guy that's really quiet, but also, you know, you just got to be you and some guys are more emotional and that affects how you play and how you look in the game. I mean, if you were to watch clips of me, uh, read back in the black and white days, if you go to YouTube, you would see how active I was. Like I was flying around there all the time, but I, I used it. I thought it was my skating abilities uh, to the best of my ability. And uh, I wasn't very quiet. <laughs> I just thought you were trying to get out of the way of the puck some games. That's all. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> there was that. <laughs> Kelly Rooney joining us tonight uh, on Inside Sports. Okay. Oilers, Canadians tomorrow. Uh, man, Montreal beat them really bad one of the two games they played earlier. The second game was was closer, and Edmonton was 0 for 7 on the power play. But the Canadians have yeah. been taking it to a few teams. Edmonton seems to be playing better the last couple of weeks. What do the Oilers need to do tomorrow against a really good Canadians team? Once again, just really focus on uh, great team defense, uh, protect their goalies, uh, I don't think they want to get into a bit of a track meet with Montreal. Montreal is really, really good, as you mentioned. They are top to bottom, excellent in all areas. I, I really 
like their defense. Uh, Jake Allen has really, really helped carry Price. So uh, I think the Oilers have to um, have one of their better games uh, tomorrow really to be in that same level. I, I think Toronto uh, and Montreal really separated themselves. I like Winnipeg, although, uh, you know, I'm not totally in love with their defense, but... Uh, um, and Hellebuck, by the way, is getting better. But anyways, to answer your question, I think Oilers really got to focus on their own game and not worry about uh, how good Montreal is. Well, it'll be a fun one. Usually uh, the, the Oilers have had some good games in Montreal in, in recent mm-hmm. seasons. Kelly, we appreciate this. Uh, during the break, I'm going to go on eBay, look for, I'm going to search Rudy Bandanas. <laughs> so I'll let you know what I find. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, Reed. Have a great day, buddy. Okay, thanks, Kelly. Just put it in now. Uh, no, Kelly Rudy, that's the first thing that comes up on eBay. His OPG rookie card from 85-86, 60 bucks, mint condition. How about that? I do not see any Rudy bandanas. That's unfortunate. Though the big L is written in, he says, Reed, I'm offering Kelly a case of Chimo pierogies, any variety Kelly desires. For one of his baby blue bandanas, going to put it in my case of Canadian cultural treasures right beside the Justin Bieber straw I paid $50 for. Well, good deal, Big L. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.